We have five books on the anointing, and I'm preaching all five. One of them is the nature of the anointing. One is complete anointing. The other one is a structured anointing. The other one is um, audacious anointing. And then the last one is accessing the anointing. And I'm looking at which one should I preach first. And I decided that maybe, maybe, talking about the nature of the anointing to begin with will help. Because if I want you to patronize a subject for three days, morning, night, morning, night, for three days, if I want you to patronize a subject, maybe it will be important for me to describe to you the nature of the product you are going to patronize. So if I want you to patronize the Holy Spirit or the anointing, why don't I tell you the nature of the thing? Because if you know the nature of the thing, then you want to patronize the thing, you want to enjoy the thing. So um, we want to talk about the anointing and then we want to look at the nature the nature, the essential characteristics and features of the Holy Spirit. Anointing. What the, but by the way, I know you know there's a difference between the Holy Spirit and the anointing. Because the Holy Spirit is a person, but the anointing is an element of that person. Um, the, the Holy Spirit is a person, the, the third person in the Trinity, but the anointing is the power, the virtue, that, that unction of the Holy Spirit. So, if, 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 you, if you were talking about it in terms of electricity, then a consumer modem will be the Holy Spirit and the electrical current that comes to your house will be the anointing. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, many people sometimes think they are the same, but they are not. One is the source. The other one is the thing that impacts on your life. Now, so, anointing, the nature. In this book, I wrote about the simplicity of the anointing because in nature the anointing is simple then I also wrote my chapter 2 on the constancy of the anointing the fact that you should be constantly anointed then my chapter 3 was the beauty of the anointing and my chapter 4 was the working of the anointing in the working of the anointing I wrote about the various levels of the anointing. The Mausak anointing, the Suk anointing, the Balal anointing, the Daushin anointing, and the Mimshak anointing. Uh, and because you have little time, I will not go into all that. Now, so, I looked at the various things. The simplicity of the anointing, the constancy of the anointing, the beauty of the anointing, and the working of the anointing. And then I decided that the one I wanted to talk about this morning was the chapter 2, which is the constancy of the anointing. Constancy of the anointing. And when it comes to exercising the anointing, we come across some problems. Number one is frustration when you are dealing with the anointing. Many people get frustrated when they are dealing with the anointing. I, I remember as a young preacher and growing up, I used to constantly get frustrated when I was working in the anointing. I could get angry in the midst of a service. I could get angry at the beginning of a service. How many of you pastors have been angry in a service before? You just got annoyed and you didn't know what was annoying you. It's the frustration of operating the anointing. And when you don't understand the nature, you will get problems with frustration. Then you get problems with fatigue. Where you have preached a message for only 30 minutes and it looks like you've been preaching for 30 years. How many of you have been there before? And uh, I, I remember one of my ministers in Bogatanga preached one message, got fatigued and frustrated. He said he went to his home, lay down, and told his wife and children, nobody should pass here. Gave them space and said, nobody should pass here. I mean, the guy is fatigued, the guy is frustrated. 
And then what about failure? Failure in the anointing. When you try to apply the anointing and it's not working. And the disciples of Jesus were trying to cast out a demon and they could. And then the man told them, he said something. He told Jesus, he said, I, I brought my son who is lunatic and epileptic. But your disciples could not cast the demon out. That is failure of the anointing. And, 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 and so apart, and you look in the life of Gehazi and Elisha put a staff in his hand. He said, go lay it on the boy. He laid the staff on the boy. The boy did not get up. That was a failure on the part of the career of the anointed. So I talked about frustration. I talked about fatigue. I talked about failure. Now maybe I can add failing the anointed. That because some people don't understand the nature of the anointed, sometimes they feign it. So somebody can feign or fake. You can fake to fall under the power. You can, you can fake to even be speaking in tongues when the Holy Ghost has not inspired you to speak in tongues. Some people fake a prophecy and it's a figment of their imagination. And it's not God that is speaking to them. So you have failure, you have fatigue, you have frustration, and you have feigning or faking the anointed. Now, the reason why all this failure and feigning and faking and, and, and fatigue, uh, sometimes maybe just write down a little note because what I just talked about, failure and feigning and faking and things, are not in the book. I, that one I'm just giving it to you as bonus because you came in the morning. But then now, going back to the book, <laughs> I realize that when you know the nature of something, you are likely to patronize it and enjoy it more. And the nature is the intrinsic character of the thing. The, the characteristics. How does the thing look? How does it feel to be anointed? And people, if there is a subject I understand in this world, well, and you tell me of all the topics you teach and preach, give us number one. I will take the anointing number one. I will take righteousness number two. I will take the love of God number three. That will still be number three. But in terms of my understanding of subjects, I will always take the anointing and put it number one. And in the early days when I used to teach on the anointing, one of the scriptures God gave me vividly was Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and the verse number 8. Because if you want to understand the anointing, it's good for you to visit the Old Testament once in a while. Because the Old Testament talks a lot about the anointing. The New Testament talks a lot about the Holy Spirit as a person. But the Old Testament folks dealt with that energy, if you want, or that power, if you want, or that unction, if you want, or that virtue, if you want, of the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus started talking mostly about the person of the Holy Spirit. So, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and the verse number 8, and it goes something like, Let your garments be always white. And let thy head lack no ointment. Let your garments be always white. And let thy head lack no ointment. Your garments being always white is holiness. Holiness before oil. If you are not holy, you are not pure. You cannot carry oil. 
One day I went to preach in Prophet Yawano's church and I told them, I said, the Lord told me that the oil in that church is clean oil. There are times you can walk into a church and you realize that something is moving like the Holy Spirit, but the oil is not clean. So the Bible is saying, let the garments be always white. And then after that, let your head like no ointment. The garment being white is holiness, and the ointment over there is the anointing. So holiness and the anointing, they go together. And if you want to be constantly anointed, you must be constantly holy. So let your garments be always white, constantly holy. And number two, your head should not lack oil, constantly anointed. So I pray that you will be constantly holy and you will be constantly anointed. If you are constantly holy, by implication, you will be constantly anointed. Listen, the shortest way to the anointing is not for hands to be laid on you. The shortest way to the anointing is to be holy. And if you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus who was the most anointed man that ever walked on the face of the earth. My Bible said Jesus one day was talking to people and he said, which of you can convince me of sin? Can any of you point out a sin in my life? And the people said no. And everybody just walked away because he was tempted in every point like all of us but sinless. And I pray that you will be a sinless believer. A believer without spot. A believer without wrinkle. A believer without any such thing. Anybody who just shouted, that was your portion. Holiness and purity. Cleanness. Be clean. Be clean. Listen to Jesus talking. And he said, I do always the things that please my father. So constantly he pleased the father. Constantly, Jesus pleased the Father. I do always the things that please the Father. And then you see him standing at the tomb of Lazarus. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me already concerning this matter. And he said, because you always hear me. So Jesus never prayed one prayer amiss. Every prayer he prayed was on point because he knew the will of God. He constantly walked in the spirit. Constantly walked in righteousness. Constantly walked in purity. So he said, let thy garments be always white. And let your head lack no ointment. Let your head lack no ointment means you must be constantly anointed. But you know what people? The reason many believers don't constantly walk in the anointing. I told you, number one, is because of the holiness issue. When you are not holy, you cannot be anointed. The devil will have problems with you and you have problems with the devil. So Allah should be clean. A liar cannot be anointed. Fornicator cannot be anointed. Adulterer cannot be anointed. Exaggerator cannot be anointed. A thief cannot be anointed. You can carry an anointing and carry a life that is not clean. So tell somebody sitting by you, let your garments be always white. Tell the person, avoid palm oil stains on your, on your garment. Palm oil stains, that thing, that, that just comes on your garment and makes it, makes it, makes it, um, spots it and makes it dirty. And then he said, and let thy head lack no ointment. So, first thing, 
make sure you are always clean and you will always be anointed. Number two, you must understand the nature of the anointing. That the anointing is not always only something that comes upon you, but the anointing operates within you and outside of you. What many people know is the anointing that comes upon them or the anointing that is without. If I'm speaking King James English, I'll call it the without anointing. That is the anointing that comes upon you from outside of yourself. That is the without anointing. Then we have what I call the within anointing. So we have the without anointing and we have the within anointing. The without anointing is the anointing that comes upon you from external sources. Like somebody pours oil on you and prays over you, that is the without anointing. Like somebody breathes on you and says, receive the Holy Ghost, that is the without anointing. Like maybe we are sitting in this atmosphere and Minister Empidazi and Co are singing and the power of God is all over the place, that is the without anointing because it is in the atmosphere that is the without anointing. Or a group of people meet you and then they take a mantle and put upon you. That is the without anointing. And when the without anointing comes upon you, you can feel that anointing. That is the one that will come upon you and you fall under the power. That is the one that will come upon you and you are feeling cold and you are shaking. That is the one that will come upon you and you can't speak. Last week, mommy and I were in Abidjan. And we ministered in Abidjan Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. By Friday night, the power of God had fallen on people so much that by the following day, some still could not speak. That is a without anointing. It, it comes on you from outside. That is the one that comes and you can't move. You lie in one place for many hours because a without anointing has come upon you. It's like a cloud. It comes and you, are, you retain no strength in you. There, there is weakness in your body. And you collapse under the power. It's a without anointing. Now, but if you want to depend on the without anointing. To know that you are constantly anointed. You'll be frustrated. Because the without anointing doesn't always work. There are times you can be anointed. But you don't feel anointed. Now, with the without anointing. You feel anointed. But with the within anointing. You know you are anointed. The, the within anointing, the within anointing operates like being saved. Now, you, how many of you are there? Sometimes you don't feel you are saved. How many of you are there? Sometimes you don't feel you are saved. I thought I was, uh, yeah. wow, then I'm in a bad shape. Because many times in my life, most of the time, I don't feel saved. I don't feel it. I don't feel. I'm in heaven. I, I don't feel, I, you see, I, I don't feel saved. I don't feel my sins forgiven. I don't feel, I, I, I'm, my name is written in the book of life. I don't feel it. I know it. And because I know it constantly, I know that I'm saved. But if I want to depend on feeling, to feel I am saved, I will tell you many times, maybe I'm not saved. And that is why some people, they respond to the altar call about 10 times. And there are many of you who gave your life to Christ more than 10 times. How many of you were there? 
you gave your life to Christ more than seven times. Yeah, because you wanted to feel saved, but you don't feel saved. You know you are saved. You know your name is written in the book of life. You know your sins are forgiven. And sometimes, listen, you may even be saved and fall again. And I said, no, no, no. My salvation has been taken away. Then another altar call, you are dead. Some of you responded to altar call so many times that at a point, the ushers mistook you for the altar. Because you wanted to feel saved. But you don't feel saved. You know you are saved. When it comes to the anointing, the without anointing, you will feel it. But don't depend on the without anointing because it is not constant. It depends on many factors. And um, God will bring you to a place where you are matured and you don't necessarily feel anointed. But you know you are anointed because the anointing is not just a without anointing. It is also a within anointing. And I want to spend some time talking to you about the within anointing. The anointing that is within you. First John 2.27. First John 2.27. And he said, but the anointing which you have received of him is in you. And you have no need that another man teach you. But even as the anointing has taught you, and is the, even as the anointing has taught you all things, and it's truth and it's no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. The word anoint over here is the Greek word charisma. And it means unguent. It means to smear with oil. It means to be endowed. It means special endowment of the Holy Spirit. Special endowment of the Holy Spirit. The, the anointing is a special endowment of the Holy Spirit. And he said, but the anointing which you have received of him, abide that in you. And you don't need any man to teach you. And that's because these people kept thinking they needed something extra. But John is saying, you don't need another doctrine. You don't need something extra. Because the thing you are looking for, you have it you see, he's saying you are developing an addiction for the without anointing you are developing an addiction for the sensational anointing you are developing an addiction for something that is spectacular something that is sensational you are developing a liking for something that you think is emotional but I want you to know that there is an anointing you have which is superior and that anointing is not upon you but that anointing is within you and it teaches you all things so you see you don't need a prophecy because the Holy Spirit already lives in you and as many as are led by the Spirit of God they are the sons of God and he said you should walk in the Spirit because the Holy Ghost lives in you already so you don't need a special prophecy you don't need anybody to hypnotize you you don't need somebody to confuse you 
because every morning the spirit of God is talking to you every night the spirit of God is talking to you that the Holy Ghost lives within you and the Holy Ghost communicates with you so you don't need another person to teach you because the anointing abides in you it's in you in the morning it's in you in the night it's in you in the evening it's in you wherever you go the anointing abides in you if you know that you constantly have the anointing come on clap your hands and scream it and praise God he said the anointing constantly lives in you listen I believe in prophecies but I have never been bamboozled by a prophecy never never in my life never I have received wild prophecies but I said we need to pray for you here now I said me me myself I'm not a prayer topic I am an answer to prayer Come on, clap and scream like your voice is yours. Uh -uh. I am not a prayer topic. I am an answer to prayer. My mother prayed, God called me. The pastor prayed, God called me. Believers prayed, God called me. Jesus interceded before God the Father and said, Lord, call somebody. And God called me. I am an answer to prayer. I am not a prayer topic. Listen. of the things you are looking for. You don't need healing. You are already walking in divine health. You don't need prosperity. You have already prospered. You don't need another doctrine because the Holy Ghost is your teacher. If I were you, I'd be clapping and screaming. I remember, I remember one day I was going through some challenges and um a friend of mine who is a white man said, is what? That's the way he calls me. Is what? You know, dog? And then he says, sometimes he says, dog. He said, dog? You really need a counselor at this point because what you've been through. That was the time when we lost our children, to be, to be specific. He said, what has happened to you? You need some counselors. And psychologists. Many of the people I know in America, when they go through what you went through, they go through a divorce. They lose their wife and their husbands. Their families break down and they lose their ministry. So, so, Doc, Israel, you need a counselor, you need a psychologist. And I told him, I said, Thank you, man of God, thank you very much. But you see, I don't need one because the counselor, the comforter, the Holy Ghost, he lives on my inside. So, I don't need another one. Listen to me. You don't need another thing. You don't, you don't need some counselor. You don't need some comfort. You have the comforter living in you. Come and clap your hands and scream it like your voice is yours. Oh, Thank you. Can I, can I, can I? Can I? So you don't need that thing you are looking for. Because in the days of Job, 
there were a lot of false doctrines and teachings. And people kept thinking they needed something extra. So John said, man, you don't need anything extra. You don't need some extraordinary thing to bamboozle you. Because you have the anointing abiding in you. And you have no need that any man teach. And what this? He didn't say prophesy. He said teach. Because even teaching, sometimes you don't need all the teachings you think you need. You already know. Because the one who knows everything lives on your inside. Come on, can I hear you shout an amen? Now, if if you want to constantly, constantly walk in the anointing constantly, you cannot be depending on the without anointing. What you need to major in is the within anointing. The within anointing. Everybody say the within anointing. Yeah, that is the anointing you are walking about and you know you are anointed. Not because you can feel it. No, but you know. And the within anointing doesn't make you fall under the power. No, you just have wisdom and you don't know where it's coming from. Then you have an inspiration. Get up and go here. And you get up and go home. You feel a leading. You want to take the taxi. And he said, no, don't take the taxi. Take the trotro. These things, you hear a voice behind you. And it's telling you, go this way, go that way. And you do it. I pray that the candle of the Lord, the spirit of the man, is the candle of the Lord, searching the inward parts of the belly. The Bible said we have this witness. And the witness is that the Holy Ghost bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. May you receive the operational capacity of the wisdom of the Holy Ghost on your inside, the direction of the Holy Ghost on your inside, as you are shouting, something is happening to you. As you are shouting, the power of God is coming upon you. Come on, scream like your voice is yours and bless the hope. Look at the 